Thank you for tuning in to Songs of Praise from 3ABN Australia Radio. We trust you'll enjoy this musical selection to bring you peace, comfort and hope.
He walked beside me Like he'd been there all along Not a stranger But a father Who could sense when something's wrong And he answered all my questions And he understood my fear That somehow vanished now that he 
was he. Can't you see who walks with you? Can't you hear who speaks your name? Can't you feel something stirring in your heart? How his words ring strong and true, like a once familiar strain. Can the path we follow from now on be the same? I couldn't bear for him to leave me, so I begged him, please, to stay. Spend the evening, a few moments before he went his way. Then, like a host, he stood and blessed me, broke the bread and poured the wine. Then I knew there was something there I recognized. Yes. I can hear who speaks my name. I can feel something stirring in my heart. How his words ring strong and true, like a once familiar strain. And I know I'll never be the same. And see, and from that moment in time, I felt the emptiness subside, and all the wonder of creation shining through. And for the first time in my life, I really looked into his eyes. Eternity, and suddenly I knew yes I can see I can see who walks with me I can hear who speaks my name I can feel something stirring in my heart How his words still ring strong and true Like a once familiar strain And I know I'll never be the same I can see
When I am down and all my soul so weary, when troubles come and my heart burdened me, then I am still and wait here in the silence until you come and sit a while. Me, you raise me up so I can stand on mountains. You raise me up to walk on stormy seas. I am strong when I am on your shoulders. You raise me up. of praise endeavors to draw your heart, mind and soul to a close relationship with your Savior, Jesus Christ.
portraying someone else's notions of what your life should be. It seems there's no way you can make it, and you think you just can't take it. The answer is such a mystery. You can hand it over to him and start all over again. Give up all your worries. Give up all the pain. Give up. Give them love in Jesus' name. There are just no words to say how I feel, and wishful thinking just won't heal this hurt inside of me. Only He knows what I'm all about. All my fears and all my doubts. I haven't been all I could be, and I don't want to wait another day. I know in my heart He's the way. I'll give up all my worries. Give up. All the pain, give up all the guilt and the shame. To the one who gave us life, with love He made the sacrifice. I'll give them love in Jesus' name. Jesus died to set us free. Give up all the worries. Give up all the pain. Give up all the guilt and the shame. To the one who gave us life, with love He made the sacrifice. Give them love in Jesus' name. Instead of 
If you're enjoying this music, encourage your friends to listen to this program each week.
received on Calvary. They pour effectual prayers. They strongly plead for me. Forgive him, oh, forgive, they cry. Forgive him, oh, forgive, they cry. Nor let that ransom sinner die. I now am reconciled. His pardoning voice I hear. He holds me for his child. I can no longer fear. I now draw nigh, with confidence I now draw nigh, and Father of a Father cry. With confidence I now draw
in despair like the sea waves go threaten the soul with infinite loss grace that is greater yes grace untold points to the refuge the Invite your family and friends to also enjoy songs of praise. These are the signs of the end of the times. There are crystal clear we ought to see.
was told of a man with two sons Written a long time ago How the younger one wanted a life of his own He was tired of living at home So he went to his father and asked him to give The portion that was rightfully He said, Father, I must try to make it alone I'm certain I know how to live Now the kind-hearted father, he loved his dear son But he didn't know just what to do Should he grant the request of this impetuous one Or just try to talk these things through When he gave him the portion he'd asked him to give He said, I'll be praying for you Just keep my advice and be wise in your way For the world they will take it from you If he would eat that morning, life would be better, I know. Sometimes it takes a struggle before we learn the way to go. Before we learn the way to go. Now the time had gone by and his journey had led To a place that was so far from home Soon the money was spent and the friends were all gone And he was left standing alone And he thought about home and the servants he knew How they always had plenty to spare Yes, I will return and confess to my father And ask him to dwell with him there But when he came back home His father was waiting for him With open arms he embraced him He said, my son has come home again said, my son has come home again. What was lost now is found again. Are you just drifting away from your heavenly Father's love? There is no reason to stray, just hold on to His arms of love If you will heed this warning Life will be better, I know There is no need to struggle Before you learn the way to go Before you learn the way to go It's time we learn the
We here at 3ABN Australia Radio are delighted to share songs of praise with you. We look forward to your company next time. Welcome to 3ABN Australia Radio's book reading program. The book Christ's Object Lessons, written by Ellen White, presents the parables of Jesus in a fresh light, showing their application to Christian living today. 
In this devotional classic, Ellen White explores the depths of the best-loved teachings of Jesus, offering a deeply spiritual understanding of the parables of Christ as they apply to our lives today. You'll enjoy the practical applications in a way that touches your heart. Listen now as Clive Nash reads. Continuing the chapter, Shall Not God Avenge His Own? Often we enter the furnace of trial with our souls darkened with selfishness. But if patient under the crucial test, we shall come forth reflecting the divine character. When his purpose in the affliction is accomplished, he shall bring forth thy righteousness as the light and thy judgment as the noonday. Psalm 37 verse 6. There is no danger that the Lord will neglect the prayers of his people. The danger is that in temptation and trial, they will become discouraged and fail to persevere in prayer. The Saviour manifested divine compassion toward the Syrophoenician woman. His heart was touched as he saw her grief. He longed to give her an immediate assurance that her prayer was heard. But he desired to teach his disciples a lesson, and for a time he seemed to neglect the cry of her tortured heart. When her faith had been made manifest, he spoke to her words of commendation, and sent her away with the precious boon she had asked. The disciples never forgot this lesson, and it is placed on record to show the result of persevering prayer. It was Christ himself who put into that mother's heart the persistence which would not be repulsed. It was Christ who gave the pleading widow courage and determination before the judge. It was Christ who centuries before, in the mysterious conflict by the Jabbok, had inspired Jacob with the same persevering faith, and the confidence which he himself had implanted, he did not fail to reward. He who dwells in the heavenly sanctuary judges righteously. His pleasure is more in his people, struggling with temptation in a world of sin, than in the hosts of angels that surround his throne. In this speck of a world, the whole heavenly universe manifests the greatest interest, for Christ has paid an infinite price for the souls of its inhabitants. The world's Redeemer has bound earth to heaven by ties of intelligence, for the redeemed of the Lord are here. Heavenly beings still visit the earth as in the days when they walked and talked with Abraham and with Moses. Amid the busy activity of our great cities, amid the multitudes that crowd the thoroughfares and fill the marts of trade, where from morning till evening, the people act as if business and sport and pleasure were all there is to life, where there are so few to contemplate unseen realities. Even here, heaven has still its watchers and its holy ones. There are invisible agencies observing every word and deed of human beings. In every assembly for business or pleasure, in every gathering for worship, there are more listeners than can be seen with the natural sight. Sometimes the heavenly intelligences draw aside the curtain which hides the unseen world that our thoughts may be withdrawn from the hurry and rush of life to consider that there are unseen witnesses to all we do or say. We need to understand better than we do the mission of the angel visitants. It would be well to consider that in all our work we have the cooperation and care of heavenly beings. Invisible armies of light and power attend the meek and lowly ones who believe and claim the promises of God. Cherubim and seraphim and angels that excel in strength 
ten thousand times ten thousand, and thousands of thousands, stand at his right hand, all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation. Hebrews 1 verse 14. By these angel messengers, a faithful record is kept of the words and deeds of the children of men. Every act of cruelty or injustice towards God's people, all they are caused to suffer through the power of evil workers, is registered in heaven. Shall not God avenge his own elect, which cry day and night unto him, though he bear long with them? I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after ye have done the will of God, ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. Hebrews 10 verses 35 to 37. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the early and latter rain. Be ye also patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord draweth nigh. James 5 verses 7 and 8. The long-suffering of God is wonderful. Long does justice wait while mercy pleads with the sinner. But righteousness and judgment are the establishment of his throne. Psalm 97 verse 2. The Lord is slow to anger, but he is great in power, and will not at all acquit the wicked. The Lord hath his way in the whirlwind, and in the storm, and the clouds are the dust of his feet. Nahum 1 verse 3. The world has become bold in transgression of God's law. Because of his long forbearance, men have trampled upon his authority. They have strengthened one another in oppression and cruelty toward his heritage, saying, How doth God know? And is there knowledge in the Most High? Psalm 73 verse 11. But there is a line beyond which they cannot pass. The time is near when they will have reached the prescribed limit. Even now they have almost exceeded the bounds of the long-suffering God, the limits of His grace, the limits of His mercy. The Lord will interpose to vindicate His own honour, to deliver His people, and to repress the swellings of unrighteousness. In Noah's day, men had disregarded the law of God until almost all remembrance of the Creator had passed away from the earth. Their iniquity reached so great a height that the Lord brought a flood of waters upon the earth and swept away its wicked inhabitants. From age to age, the Lord has made known the manner of His working. When a crisis has come, He has revealed Himself and has interposed to hinder the working out of Satan's plans. With nations, with families, and with individuals, He has often permitted matters to come to a crisis that His interference might become marked. Then he has made manifest that there is a God in Israel who will maintain his law and vindicate his people. In this time of prevailing iniquity, we may know that the last great crisis is at hand. When the defiance of God's law is almost universal, when his people are oppressed and afflicted by their fellow men, the Lord will interpose. The time is near when he will say, Come, my people, Enter thou into thy chambers, and shut thy doors about thee. Hide thyself, as it were, for a little moment, 
until the indignation be overpassed. For behold, the Lord cometh out of his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity. The earth also shall disclose her blood, and shall no more cover her slain. Isaiah 26, verses 20 and 21. Men who claim to be Christians may now defraud and oppress the poor. They may rob the widow and fatherless. They may indulge their satanic hatred because they cannot control the consciences of God's people. But for all this, God will bring them into judgment. They shall have judgment without mercy, that have showed no mercy. James 2 verse 13. Not long hence, they will stand before the judge of all the earth, to render an account for the pain that they have caused to the bodies and souls of his heritage. They may now indulge in false accusations. They may deride those whom God has appointed to do his work. They may consign his believing ones to prison, to the chain gang, to banishment, to death. But for every pang of anguish, every tear shed, they must answer. God will reward them double for their sins. Concerning Babylon, the symbol of the apostate church, he says to his ministers of judgment, Her sins have reached unto heaven, and God hath remembered her iniquities. Reward her even as she rewarded you, and double unto her double according to her works. In the cup which she hath filled, fill to her double. Revelation 18, verses 5 and 6. From India, from Africa, from China, from the islands of the sea, from the downtrodden millions of so-called Christian lands, the cry of human woe is ascending to God. That cry will not long be unanswered. God will cleanse the earth from its moral corruption, not by a sea of water as in Noah's day, but by a sea of fire that cannot be quenched by any human devising. There shall be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation even to that same time. And at that time, thy people shall be delivered, every one that shall be found written in the book. Daniel 12, verse 1. From garrets, from hovels, from dungeons, from scaffolds, from mountains and deserts, from the caves of the earth and the caverns of the sea, Christ will gather his children to himself. On earth they have been destitute, afflicted and tormented. Millions have gone down to the grave loaded with infamy because they refuse to yield to the deceptive claims of Satan. By human tribunals, the children of God have been adjudged the vilest criminals. But the day is near when God is judge himself. Psalm 50 verse 6. Then the decisions of earth shall be reversed. The rebuke of his people shall he take away. Isaiah 25, verse 8. White robes will be given to every one of them. Revelation 6, verse 11. And they shall call them the holy people, the redeemed of the Lord. Isaiah 62, verse 12. Whatever crosses they have been called to bear, whatever losses they have sustained, whatever persecution they have suffered, even to the loss of their temporal life, the children of God are amply recompensed. They shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads. Revelation 22, verse 4. This man receiveth sinners. This chapter is based on Luke chapter 15, verses 1 to 10. 
As the publicans and sinners gathered about Christ, the rabbis expressed their displeasure. This man receiveth sinners, they said, and eateth with them. By this accusation they insinuated that Christ liked to associate with the sinful and vile, and was insensible to their wickedness. The rabbis had been disappointed in Jesus. Why was it that one who claimed so lofty a character did not mingle with them and follow their methods of teaching? Why did he go about so unpretendingly, working among all classes? If he were a true prophet, they said, he would harmonize with them and would treat the publicans and sinners with the indifference they deserved. It angered these guardians of society that he with whom they were continually in controversy, yet whose purity of life awed and condemned them, should meet in such apparent sympathy with social outcasts. They did not approve of his methods. They regarded themselves as educated, refined, and preeminently religious. But Christ's example laid bare their selfishness. It angered them also that those who showed only contempt for the rabbis and who were never seen in the synagogues should flock about Jesus and listen with rapt attention to his words. The scribes and Pharisees felt only condemnation in that pure presence. How was it then that publicans and sinners were drawn to Jesus? They knew not that the explanation lay in the very words they had uttered as a scornful charge. This man receiveth sinners. Join us again next time as Clive Nash continues to read from the book Christ's Object Lessons, written by Ellen G. White. you enjoy the short presentation of how God led his people after the Reformation from lineagejourney.com. The work that began here in Tramalan, though small, would spread much further than this small country church. The believers here desired to follow God's word and they kept the seventh day Sabbath as the Bible taught. Their paths would eventually cross with Jacob Erzberger, who was a young man studying for the ministry. Often overlooked, his work was nonetheless vital in the early establishing of the church here on this continent. Born in 1843 in Seltisberg in Switzerland, he grew up in poverty. His father died while he was young and his mother did her best to raise the four sons that she had. In 1864, he decided to go and study and train to be a minister at one of the seminaries in Basel. While he was studying there, he also worked in a nearby prison to support himself. And one of the prisoners there told him about a strange group of people in Tramalan who kept the Sabbath. 
deciding to go there to teach them the correct day of worship, he himself, after he arrived, was convicted to keep the seventh day Sabbath. He stayed on for a few weeks, studied a little bit more, and then was baptized in a nearby lake. In 1868, he decided to pastor a small group here in Tramalan. This was not an easy task. The group here was under the impression that they were the only ones in the world holding on to these beliefs, as Tchaikovsky had not told them about the large established church in North America. When they realized that they were part of a bigger church, they sent Erzberger over to Battle Creek to establish contact. Despite speaking no English, he bravely journeyed over and was received warmly into the home of James and Ellen White. After instruction by James White and others, he was ordained in 1870 at a camp meeting in South Lancaster, Massachusetts, and commissioned to do missionary work in Europe and became the first European Seventh-day Adventist pastor. When Jay and Andrews arrived in Europe in 1874 as the first official missionary that the church sent out, he already had a dependable co-worker and guide in place. Erzberger also produced the first German Seventh-day Adventist tracts that the young church distributed and also founded the first German Adventist church in 1875 in Vowinkel. Erzberger also assisted Conradi after he was sent here to Europe in 1886, but he also became a successful preacher in his own right. He held fruitful prophecy seminars in the various big cities, such as Zurich, Basel, Bern, and Lausanne. For many years, he was the only Adventist preacher taking care of the German-speaking churches in Switzerland. And after his wife died at the relatively young age of 53 in 1903, he spent most of his time working in Germany. Finally, worn out by illness and the sacrificial lifestyle of being a pioneer missionary, he died in 1920. His colleague, Conradi, wrote about him after his death. Without seeking his own honor, he gave his utmost in seeking souls in the typical Swiss way, direct and to the point. Even as a senior worker, he was always willing to work under a younger man. He did not seek his own. He was no position seeker. Leading people to Jesus was for him the most important holy work. Often forgotten, the work of Europe's first ordained missionary was vital to the new church in its early days. Here was a man who was already committed to ministry, but when he unexpectedly came in contact with new truths, he honestly followed God's word and committed himself to a new and often difficult mission. Today, God is looking for honest people, people who will see what God's word says and will adjust and change their lives accordingly. May we have such an attitude and spirit in our lives. To view more episodes in this series, visit lineagejourney.com.